What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Joe Garcia. Coming back at you with two episodes today. Uh, we're talking LAC. We got more LAC uh, news to talk about. We have a special guest. He goes by the name of Benjamin, but the heart of LAFC. Ben, how you doing? Doing good. Good, Gio. How are you? Uh, thank you for having me on the show. You no, know, it's been a long time. I know you've been asking me to come on, but you know. We finally made it happen, so let's talk some LAFC. I know, man. You've been you've been a busy guy. I've been I've been trying to get you on, you know. But uh, you know, I understand. You got things to do. I got things I got to do. Sometimes it doesn't align. But hey, the start of the season is here. So yeah, we I saw you at the game. I was like, let's see if we can make it happen. We made it happen, man. But I, I'm good, man. I'm excited. Like I said, two days away from the season, we're gonna get fans back. There's gonna be a lot of emotions, right? From remembering the last time people were at the bank to now, it's finally here, right? So, right. How are you feeling about that? I mean, I'm excited that fans are finally allowed to be back in the stadium. I know it's not going to be, you know, normal, like how it used to be with, you know, 22,000 fans in the stadium. Only, I think it's only going to be like 4,000 people, right? That's Yeah, like about like 4,400 or so, give or take. That's what what they said. So, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be like that, just a little over that. It's not going to be the same as a packed house, but hey, we got some fans. We got to take what we can get, right? Exactly right. So it's like I'm. I'm interested to see how the 3252 will look and how how spaced out there will be because we did see how 700 um you know vaccinated uh, central workers were there, but it still looked pretty empty with 700 because how, right. how you know how many seats the stadium has. And I think it also just depends on like you know what type of fans are going. You know you know you know you have the fans that like like to scream and like to yell. <clears throat> then you have the fans that just kind of like just want to enjoy the game and sit back and watch. So. We'll see what kind of ambience we get on, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, for the f- listeners who aren't really familiar with you, right? It's been, I know it's been a while. T- tell us how you guys started uh, with Heart of LAC. T- tell me how you got started with that. Um, you know, j- just educate us how you started that and why you chose to, to cover LAFC. Yeah. So, you know, I've been following the club since, since 2018, since I started. I remember watching the first game when Rossi scored the goal against Seattle. You know, I was at home going crazy. So basically how I started with Heart of LAFC, it all started with reading uh, Vince, Vince's takeaways um, on the LAFC.com website. Shout out uh, Vince DeRosa. You know, I really like the way the way he, he writes. So I just reached out to him and I was like, hey, I like your writing. You know, how how can I do what you do? You know, any advice on how can I get in as media to the games? And he just told me, you know, just maybe reach out, reach out to one of the podcasts. Uh, maybe they have a somewhere you can write for them. So I reached out to Jerry, Jerry Jimenez, uh, the, the pod father, heart of LAFC. Yeah, he just told me to jump on. And, you know, they, they didn't mind having a writer, uh, match day correspondent for, for the game. So I just, you know, my first match as media was the playoff match against RSL, LAFC, RSL. That was my first game covering for heart That's of LAFC. That's a great game to cover, by the way, even though they yeah. lost, but you had to cover a playoff game. Yeah, it was it was I was super like nervous. I don't know what to expect. It was like my first <clears throat> time doing media, so <clears throat> yeah, it was it was great. And that's that was the start of everything. Ever since then, I've just been covering LAFC since then. Yeah, and I re- I think I remember like I always I always try to remember people. My first interaction with with people, and I think I met, I think I ran into you at uh, uh, at the at, like practice. I think I ran into you to like an LAFC practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I never seen you before, but I was just like, hey, what's up, man? Like, you know, like, and I think, I think you followed me on Twitter or something, and then that's that's when I, you know, I started paying attention to what you were doing, um, and from there now, right, it's it's crazy how you know, right, like our relationship has grown, 
and also like how how we've seen we've been able to see how LAFC has grown through that process as well. Right, the right, players right. have come in and out, obviously going through the going through you know what twenty twenty you know not doing everything through Zoom, trying to you know trying to get our questions answered through Zoom and stuff. You know it's been a right. very very interesting uh, year. But uh, but yeah, man, I, I've loved your growth. I love uh, the way you write your articles. I mean, you do a pretty good job, and you you know I think you. You you you've come a long way in this short amount of time with where you, how you express yourself in your writing, um, and I really like it. You know, I really really try to stay in tune with you know with, with what you guys are doing and everything. So, props to you, man, and um, everything you're doing. So keep keep doing it, man, because like I've talked to you, we're, we're always we're always talking, right? Either either pre-chat or like last game for example we couldn't i couldn't see the name they didn't have names in the back of their jersey right and i'm like looking around i'm like ben who was it did you see did you see who it was was it was it eddie was it chicky right. palacios right and then like we, we kind of just go back and forth and you know try to talk and, and it's always good for me to talk with someone that really understands the game and really knows the game yeah no thank you Gio. i really appreciate the kind words you know same for you though you know i've seen your growth over the past few years and you've also been you know really important as a as a reporter, you know, as a, you know, doing the podcast now, you, you've grown your, your fan base, you know, that's really good for the club, for, for you, for, for the sport, for the city. So I think you're, you're showing some really good things for, for the city and just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Uh, stay, stay consistent and, and don't, don't stop. Yeah, no, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. All right. So now, now let's talk a little bit about LAFC, right? Um, like two, couple of days away, right. A couple of days away from, you know, starting against uh, Austin FC, this Saturday, you know, we, we saw a little bit of, uh, of the preseason, right? And we even saw a couple of the players, you know, afterwards, you know, whether it's LAFC2, some of the academy guys, uh, you name it. But, but let's recap the preseason. What, what were your overall thoughts about the preseason? Uh, well, to me, the, the biggest thing still is the goalkeeper situation. We, we still don't know who's going to be the starter. I know you, you've, you know, constantly asked Bob in the press <laughs> conference, you know, who, who's going to be the starter. And I don't even... I mean, I'm pretty sure he knows, but he probably just doesn't want to tell you tell you yet. But yeah, that's that's one of the big takeaways for me in the preseason. Uh, another one is uh, in the midfield. We don't know who's going to be that that third midfielder that's going to accompany a, a twist and blessing. I think it's between K and Sifu. On a personal note, I I think Sifu should start, but just based on K's relationship with Bob, you know, he knows him since day one, and he knows the system, so. I'm going to think that Bob stick with K to start against Austin. I, I hope it's Sifu, though. But, yeah, also uh, Corey Baird. You know, we got to see Corey Baird up up top with, with Bella and Rossi. They, they look pretty good uh, in the first two preseason games. Uh, it's only going to get better from here out as their chemistry improves. So, yeah, those those three things are probably the biggest takeaways for me. Well, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think you and I kind of see the game very similar. You know, I think I think the goalkeeper situation. The reason I asked Bob, right, because last week he was like, "Oh, we we still haven't made a decision." Because typically around this season, around the the preseason start, you want like we look at Matt Turner for New England Revolution. He started both games, right? Without a doubt, he's a starter. And it's it's interesting because I think one of the biggest challenges that LAFC is going to have is at the goalkeeper position if they're not able to nail it down this season because you know of everything of all the expectations we've heard what Carlos Vela has said about winning trophies you know and even Bob today talked about that as well but it, it, the biggest piece to this puzzle is that goalkeeper position whether he doesn't whether he wants to tell me or the media or not I think um, I think I would have liked. I would have liked if, like, if he would have went with one guy, if it's Pablo, right, or if it's Kenneth, right, 
start him from the preseason and give him more games. And then obviously, um, obviously you bring them, bring in the other, all the goalkeeper, because I don't, I th- I'm, I'm more of the lines of thinking that, you know, Hey, I don't know how the relationship is with the goalkeepers, but I, outside looking in, right. It's like, Hey, I, we really trust you from the preseason to we're going to ride with you all the way through. That's, that's, that's how I would take it. And that's, I think how I would take it if I was a goalkeeper. Right. But obviously I'm not a coach. I'm, I'm not a goalkeeper. I'm not in their system, but I think the unknown of playing one goalkeeper one game and then playing another goalkeeper uh, the next game, it's a little bit inconsistent. I don't know how much trust they really have in the goalkeepers. And I don't know how much trust, the goalkeepers really had because both have not looked good at times, you know, and, and, and it's, and it's, and, it, and I understand why the coaching staff may still be scratching their head, but I think at this point, you know, with the, with the weapons that you have, um, it makes it very interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens now. On the, now on the midfield, right? I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Sifu is a stronger candidate, but I, I don't think K is, is far off. I think, uh, I don't think Kerry is far off, but I would, I would start Sifu because he, he has other intangibles and, you know, with Corey, I, I think Corey, he looked more comfortable uh, this game. You know, I, I just got to talk to him. You know, I really liked his mindset. I really liked what, what he had to say, but I think the midfields is the, where they're going to be the, the deepest at. And I think if for whatever reason, K doesn't get the job done, then you, you have another piece there. Right, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, the midfield is deep, deep this year. Um, you know, you have uh, Janela, uh, you have Bryce Duke, you have uh, even Raheem Edwards is, is coming up, right? I know he's just come back into training. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough competition in the midfield uh, this year. You know, Kay, like you said, he's not far off, but um, I still think, you know, the – the product that LAFC wants to display on the field is similar more to, to Sifu. Uh, and he also has more, uh, he has an extra, like, you know, like the extra push. And yeah, I just, I just see Sifu as, as a starter for, for this season. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be interesting, right? For, for whatever, because I get the same feeling that K is going to start. Um, but I wonder how, 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 how long the leash is, right? Uh, if say K makes a mistake or you know has a bad pa- or bad game, you know how short is the leash that then then the next game Cifuente starts or you know what I'm saying or someone else gets the, gets the opportunity, because I think that that's going to play a role. Because to me, I don't know if you see it this way, but I think if Eduardo Tuesta leaves, I think Cifu could be the guy to replace uh, Eduardo Tuesta. You mean in in, the, in this position? In this position, yeah. Out of, out of the midfielders that they have right now. Well, I, I see it a little bit differently. I think Ginella might be the one, only because I don't think Ginella can play like that uh, midfield position a little higher. Like he tends to sit a little bit more back. He's not as fast as Sifu. You know, he doesn't react as quick. He's more of a, you know, slow tempo kind of guy. So I, I think that um, just based on the way he plays, uh, Ginella's best, uh, uh, best fit for the team is in the Atuesta role if he leaves. And I would see Sifu more more like as a as an eight as opposed to like a six. Mm, it's interesting, yeah. I think we we haven't seen um, too much of Janela, obviously because of Duarte Twista. Duarte Twista is playing there, but uh, I think I just see it there because if, if the Twista leaves and you have Sifu and K playing there, right? Obviously, we we know K and and, and Twista. I mean, and um, Sifu play the same position. I think you know. If I was out of those two, I would put them. But you know, we'll see what happens. We we don't we don't have to cross that bridge just yet. Right. Um, 
but we know we, we know that that may happen uh, whether it's at the end of this year or in the summertime. But let, let's talk about you know uh, Carlos Vela. You know he, he said he, he wants to win trophies with this team. Obviously, the three available trophies are Open Cup, um, Supporter Shield, and MLS Cup. Um, what are your thoughts about this team and, and their chances uh, of winning any of those three this season? Um, well, if everyone's healthy, I think their chances are very, very high. I mean, we, we saw them in the CONCACAF Champions League last year when everybody was healthy. You know, they were beating Mexican teams one, two, three, four times. Um, if Vela's healthy, you know, there's always a chance LAFC can, can make it all the way to the top. Um, you, you can see um, Vela's determination and just, just in the way he expresses himself. He, he wants to win with LAFC. I don't think he came to MLS just to, you know, be, be a star. I know he wants to win. He wants to leave LAFC with a trophy in, in the in the cabinet. So, yeah, I, I I could see him, you know, being leading this team again to the to the playoffs. You know, to the hopefully an Open Cup final, hopefully a Supporters Shield. So I think the mindset is there. It's just the, the execution um, has to be better than previous years. You know, they always kind of choke in the in the final games in the playoffs. But yeah, like I said, if everyone's healthy, I could see LAFC going going all the way this year for sure. Out of those three trophies, I'm just a hot take. Out of those three trophies, which which of those three do they win this year, and how many? How many of those three? MLS Cup for sure. I I would say that is the the goal for the team. Uh, I know Supporters Shield is important because you know it it shows regular your regular winning team it shows it gives you a chance to get into the champions league next year as well as the open cup does but i think you know everybody is going to remember you for winning mls cup you know nobody really talks about supporters here on the open cup unfortunately even though they do have their their their, uh, their, med- their meaningful trophies but yeah if if my opinion i think uh, lafc wins mls cup out of those three Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, the, the stakes the stakes are high for LAFC as they should be with all this talent that they have, right? Like we said, Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, and Adora Tuesta. Now, now let's talk about those two, right? Uh, we just hit on Adora Tuesta. Um, you know, I, I kind of get the sense um, that this could be the last couple of months for either both of them, or, or we know this could potentially be the last year, um, depending how it goes. What, what do you, what do you, when do you, I guess let's say, when do you think you see them leaving? Um, do you see, do you see either of those two leaving during the summer or do you see them leaving towards the end of the year? Uh, well, hopefully, you know, they stay until the end of the year, but we, we never know with these things, you know, a European team would just come in in the middle of the summer and, you know, give a LAFC a really good offer. And, you know, you, you can't say no to, to a really good offer, uh, you know, the, that's what LAFC's motto is. They want to, you know, develop young players and then sell them. So, yeah, I mean, I would hope that they stay until the end of the year just for LAFC's sake. But if they don't, uh, LAFC has to be, like, prepared with with an immediate replacement with someone that makes an impact, like, right away. You know, they can't bring in just some young kid who's who's not proven, like, like Brian Rodriguez, for example. You know, they have to bring someone that's already – you know, in the peak of their career because Atuesta and Rossi, you know, they're they're game changers for LAFC. So you need someone like that um, to come in in case they do leave in the summer or, or at the end of the year. Yeah, I think I'm with you with that because if, right, say, say LAFC is rolling, right? Let's just put that out there. They're rolling. 
two two clubs from Europe come down and or any club, right? Let's just put it that way, because we know there's interest from South America for Eduardo Tuesta. Any club, right? Any two clubs come, they pick up Diego Rossi and Eduardo Tuesta. Obviously, we know that this team likes to go young, but it, I think if you're rolling whenever that happens in here two to three months down the road, and you try to bring in some young guys, right? If Rossi leaves, you have a DP spot open, right? Eduardo Tuesta leaves, I think you have an international spot open. Um, you want to bring in, uh, um, you know, some some veterans, you know, some some players that you know have proven whether it's in Europe or wherever. Um, I don't know if if you want to bring in, like you said, uh, like someone young and still unproven just yet. Um, and I think a lot is going to tie into Brian Rodriguez if he's if they're able to move move him on as well. But I, I think it's going to be a very interesting summer for LAFC because um, obviously Vela has talked about Rossi wanting to go get Rossi to get to Europe to that point. We know that Eduardo Tusta can also play up there. So it's like, I think if they're rolling and they have to move him, then it's, it's going to be very important for those replacements because, yeah, you can go a couple games, a couple games without those guys and, you know, still trying to figure out who you're going to bring in for those. You, you have subs, right? You maybe, maybe you can move Corey Baird out wide or whatever, start Danny Masovsky in the nine. Uh, up top, but I think in that midfield, that that's going to be the biggest key, right? Because we know Eduardo Tuesta literally unlocks everything for 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 this for this team, and I think that's going to be the biggest key because if right, we're talking about them like him, people are ranking them number two in the power rankings, right? Their you know expectations of winning the MLS Cup. If those two players leave, it's going to be it's going to be challenging. But I think the expectation is still that they have to get to MLS Cup, right? Right. Yeah, and let me let me ask you this: Like, what I mean is very unlikely, but let's say Rossi or Atuesta, you know, just they're not having a good year, like, and there's no offers. Like, what do you do with them as LAFC? Do you do you extend their contract? Like, wh- what would you do if you know for some odd reason they're just not performing as well? I do. Do would you mean like they're not performing and the team's not performing as well as? Like the both team and player are not performing well, or is it just the player not performing well? Just the player, just the player. I think I, I, I think that's really hard to see because of of what of what Diego Rossi and Eduardo Tuesta we know we can do. But I think um, I think say for example, Diego Rossi goes in a slump, right, and he, he's not he's he's not he's not doing things. I think it's going to be hard for LAFC to sell a player that's not making noise in the MLS, right? right. I think it's going to be hard for Eduardo Tuesta. And I think what Eduardo Tuesta is, if if they don't sell him uh, uh, this summer, then essentially they don't get anything for him right. financially. Right, he leaves for free. Yeah, he, he leaves for free at the end of the year. So I think that's the biggest caveat. And for Diego Rossi, I think you, you want to get this right. Obviously, with, with Brian Rodriguez going to second division, didn't work out. I think you want to get him to uh, first division team, whether it's Premier League, with Bundesliga, La Liga. It has to be a first division league, mid tier team. I'm assuming. I don't. I don't. I don't see them any any big teams coming in mid tier team. But I think if the if the opportunities are there, I think I think you you let it open. But I, if they're if they're having if they're rolling and if they're not rolling and they're not having good seasons, I don't. I think the opportunities are going to be limited. And LAOC might just might just let one of them go, um, just to try to get something out of them. You know, I think I think that's what that's would be one of the options. You you just let one of them go, preferably Adore Twista, because if you want to get something out of him, you you let him go. But I don't I don't think they'll have a bad season though. No, I agree. I know I know it's very unlikely, but uh, the good thing for for Edward and for and for Diego is that you know they they both want to go to Europe. You know, they definitely want to you know increase their level up in Europe and. That's good for LAFC because they're going to want to showcase, you know, how, how good they are to the European scouts. So 
I think it works out for both parties and hopefully it translates into LAFC, you know, being a successful club this season and making it to the playoffs and winning MLS Cup. Yeah, I think I think I think another thing too that is understanding how how strong uh, this defense will be, right? Uh, because we we know how power powered offense this defense will, will, will. I mean, excuse me, this offense is. But I think what we saw last year, uh, LAFC was able to score goals, but at the same time they were conceding just about the same amount, right? And and if we're talking right. about them potentially going to the MLS Cup final or making it making a deep run. Uh, the defense has to be uh, figured out. I think we, I think we see a couple players, but I think overall, at times we saw this last preseason, they gave up three goals. Two of those three goals were, was because you know, the defense. I don't know what happened in those situations. There were just minor mistakes that and turned into goals. And I don't think you can have that this season if you have those, uh, those those aspirations, right? But how how strong do you think this defense really is? I mean, you know, it's definitely an upgrade with having Murillo back this season from, from the start. You know, as last year we were dealing with Jakovic and, you know, Danilo Silva, Harvey at times playing center back. So, you know, we didn't have that guy. And then once Murillo came in, you know, he he made a really good partnership with Segura. But the issue at center back is that besides those two, I mean, you know, they're not that deep at center back. You know, who who is their replacement if one of them gets hurt? I, I know Harvey's playing center back for – for LAFC in the preseason for you know LAFC two or, or Las Vegas, and Tony Leone, uh, the academy kid, he's only sixteen. And uh, I, I know Bob mentioned that he had a pretty good preseason, but you know, sixteen years old, you can't really give him keys to to that center back starting job just yet. Uh, the good thing for LAFC is that they're deep also on the outside with the addition of Kim Moon Juan and, and Farfan. Uh, Farfan could play left or right back. And yeah, uh, other than that. I did notice in preseason that their set piece defending has improved, at, at least in those at least in those two games. You know, obviously it's just preseason, but at least in those two games, it's it's been better than, than last year. And like you mentioned, the, the careless passing at times out of the back has to be better. Kim uh, Juan is still hurt. We don't know when he's gonna make his debut for LAFC. But my biggest thing for the defense is just some. Just based off what I remember since since the start of this, uh, a lot of goals that LAFC allow, it's not because the, the opposing team does the good play. It's mostly they like shoot themselves in the foot. They just make their own mistakes, and they uh, they allow like you know careless goals that shouldn't shouldn't happen. You know, it's a lot of individual defensive miscues. It's not about how you know oh. The, the opponent had a really good play. They had a really good, a really good shot. It's it's mostly about just defensive players, you know, being out of position, not 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 tracking back on a on a on a transition play. So, yeah, they have to really really clean that up. But if they do, they should be in good shape. Yeah, I think I think you you bring you bring up a good point. Uh, the the center back positions is not that deep, right? We obviously know that you mentioned Jordan Harvey could potentially play there, but I think the next name that the biggest name that comes to mind is right Tristan Blackman. But he he is looking so good at the right back position, right? That he, I mean, I feel like he he's locked it down right to to start the year. But obviously, if you don't want no injuries or nothing to happen or anything like that, but it's happened right to soccer, things tend to happen. You hope nothing serious, but I think. Uh, if if they do get tested in that center back position or because of injury or, or whatever happens, a player's not able to play, that could potentially be one of their Achilles' heels. 
if because the, we know that what Tristan Beckham can do, we know what you know. Obviously, Chicky Palacios, Andy Segura, you know, even though they didn't look so strong last game, uh, we understand what they can do. But I think if if LAFC is going to make a deep run, I think you want the same player starting at the same positions, right? Whether it's right back, left back, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you want that much movement. Um, because, uh, because I think that you want some, uh, you know, consistency, right. You want some consistency, like, Hey, I'm coming in day out. I know what I got to do. Yeah. You, you, I think you do like versatile, versatile players like Tristan Blackman can move in, but I think at the end of the day, if you're moving too many pieces in that defense, I don't think as a group, they're able, they're able to, to really find their role, especially with adding new pieces, right. Let's say Tristan Blackman does play center back. Um, we, I think the, 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 the word is still out on Kim Wan. We don't know what to expect. We we saw thirty right. minutes of him, and it was, you know, it didn't make, it didn't make you feel very confident about him. Let's, right. let's just say that. And it was thirty right. minutes, so it's really hard to judge him off of that. But I, I, you know, I think we saw we have to see a full game. But I, right now, I, I really do like what, what Tristan Blackman's doing on the right back backside. But I think if if you start to move in a lot of pieces, I don't know how strong this defense could really be. Right, yeah, we, we don't want to see what happened last year with with blessing, you know, going having to go into right back, or even Eddie Segura playing right back at times. You know, we don't want to see these experiments. You know, we want to see consistency, like you said, and hopefully, you know, Bob Bob uh, gets his players lined up well. Um, at, at least for the preseason, we saw that he he did put up the same the same back four for two consecutive games. So that's that's a good start. Hopefully, that that keeps that trend keeps going. Uh, against Austin and moving forward. But yeah, uh, the defense, uh, they have to, they have to perform. They can't allow these silly goals and they have to be mentally focused, you know, for the 90 minutes, like in the first, in the first preseason match, the first, what, five, 10 minutes of the second half, they allowed two goals. Same thing happened in, in the in the last match, the first half, they're already down two zero in the, in the first 10 minutes. And I, I believe also that, the defense's confidence also has to do with the goalkeeper. You know, mm. I feel like the the communication with the goalkeeper also plays a, a huge role in how the how the defense sets up, where, where they're positioned. You know, does the goalkeeper tell them, "Oh, you know, move to the left, move to the right, you know, stay here, stay there." So I don't know who the center backs feel more comfortable with, whether it be Revere or Cisnega, but that's something to keep an eye on for me. That's true because uh, you, I mean, the goalkeeper like to use a football a football term. He's like the quarterback, right? The goalkeeper yeah, is like the, he's exactly. telling him, hey, move over here. But that's what I'm saying. If you have two different voices telling you, I think that, that I think the uh, goalkeeper is kind of a trickle down effect. That's the way I just see it, right? Um, LAFC, their coaching staff may not see it that way, but I think you know having having that voice back there, you know, you get used to like, okay, whether it's Pablo or Kenneth, like, okay, he's going to tell me, I expect him to, he's the eyes behind your head. And I, and I don't really see that. I don't, I don't see how, I don't really see them being that vocal um, because sometimes you do hear goalkeepers, right? Like, Hey, right. move your right, move your left. And I, whether we might've been too far or we might just not remember because it's been, it's been like, you know, when the we started this season, uh, but I don't really, I haven't really seen that yet of Kenneth Vermeer, Pablo Cisnegas. And you make a point, like which which players, who do they feel more comfortable with, right? right. They're not going to tell us, like, oh yeah, we feel more comfortable <laughs> with Pablo. Obviously, you're not going to throw your, your teammate under the bus. But right. you, you got to imagine that some of those guys feel comfortable with Pablo. Some of those guys feel comfortable with Kenneth. But if they feel that way, they're like, damn, it's like, it could be split 50-50. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know if the language barrier is an issue for, you know, guys like Murillo or Segura. I know that Pablo speaks Spanish and I don't know if Kenneth speaks Spanish, but maybe that could play a role into it. I don't know if they're comfortable talking in English. Uh, but yeah, I know. Who knows? Uh, I guess we'll see against Austin who who Bob goes with and we can probably see a better, uh, we'll get a better understanding of, you know, how uh, the goalkeepers and the, and the back line, you know, communicate if you had to start one of those two who who would be your starter pablo pablo dang pablo. no hesitation nope. no hesitation pablo why why is this team hesitating then i don't know i mean maybe they see other things in training maybe you know they're playing they're paying a lot of money to kenneth so you know maybe they want to you know force him to to play you know kind of get their money's worth i don't, I don't know i don't know what what's going on in training uh maybe Kenneth has a better distribution with his feet. Uh, I know Pablo, you know, still lacks in that a little bit, but also Kenneth has his has his moments as well. So you know, it, it's kind of like who who's the who's the least worst? You know, who's <laughs> I know I hate to say it, but it's kind of how it how it seems to be because you know Bob said they both have their own unique qualities. You know, they're they're very different goalkeepers. So I guess it just depends on maybe who the opponent is. I don't know to be honest. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a puzzle, right? It's, that's the big, yeah. like I said, it's the biggest puzzle, and you know, hopefully, hopefully they nail it down because I, I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I I definitely do believe that is their biggest challenge. Um, just to go back a bit, let, let's talk about uh, obviously we talked about uh, Diego Ross and Carlo and Carlos Vela, but let's talk about the other the other piece, Corey Baird. Um, he looked a lot to me. He looked a, more, a lot more comfortable the second game. Uh, I think obviously he got the the assist to the goal of Diego Rossi. Um, what are, what are your thoughts about him and also the depth of, of the bench? Because we know there's Danny Masevsky, there's Mahala, but what are, what are your overall thoughts of Corey Baird? Um, you know, just in the first two preseason games, I think he's looked, you know, better than I expected. Uh, you know, you could kind of tell that they've been working hard in training, you know, to build that chemistry between Carlos and Diego. Uh, you know, he's not, he's not like a Brian Rodriguez type player where he just kind of on the wing, he wants the ball at his feet, you know, uh, Corey is more of the guy that does the dirty work. You know, he, he asks for the ball. He makes good runs. He, he like pivots, you know, he, he plays with back to the goal. He can, he's very versatile. He, he plays on the right and the left and the wing, you know, you can see the movement from the top three, like every five, 10 minutes, they keep switching, switching sides. So that's, that's really good to see. It's good that he got an assist um, in the second game. That's, that's also a confidence booster for him. And yeah, I'm just excited to to see him, you know, in 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 a real game, regular season against Austin, and how how that how that plays into effect. And as far as the uh, the depth for for attackers, uh, well, I, I feel like Bob's first option off the bench. Let's say if LAFC is, is down one or two goals, it, it seems like Mahala might might be the first the first option off the bench. Uh, depending, I guess, again, depending on on the game. Uh, you also have Danny Busovsky. I think he scored like a few goals in the preseason with with the LAFC two or Las Vegas Lights. And you also have Christian Torres coming up. You know from the academy. You have Cal Jennings on the roster. So yeah, it, it's really a a tough battle for that that striker position. But as of right now, it's it's Corey Baird's job, and it's it's only up to him if he loses that job. You know if he performs every every game. I don't see him losing that spot, especially if he 
continues to play play for the team. You know, he's he's a very unselfish player. He he likes to play for the team. He doesn't mind not scoring goals as long as he's you know active, as long as he's you know pressing pressing the team. Yeah, I, I think Corey Barry is going to be a, a really really good addition for LAFC this year. Yeah, I think that there was uh you know a lot of LAFC fans were were unsure about him. You know, they had a couple a couple people on that they weren't really sold on him and. Obviously, I'm more of the lines that like you just got to give him a shot. You got to see him play first. I I had to see him play right, uh, and then you know the first game I was like okay, and then the second game he he just looked a lot more comfortable and really understood what he had to do. And I think what you said right, he's he's a type of player that I sense is for the team right. We talked about Brian Rodriguez. You said he he was only one way. He wasn't. He's not as versatile as Corey Baird right. We've only seen two preseason games right, but I think. Corey Baird is willing to do anything for this team, not just offensively, but also defensively. And I don't think we saw that from Brian Rodriguez on the defensively on the defensive end. And I think that was that was, that was one of the qualities he lacked. Yeah, he was very gifted, but obviously there there was a lot of things that you know that he had a he 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 was expected to do, and a lot of, a lot of those things were he wasn't able to do. But I think I see Corey Baird doing those things, doing the dirty work, right? Going fighting for the ball, going down and playing defense because he knows Carlos Vela needs to stay up there. To, he's the biggest threat, right? And I think all those little intangibles is if he's able to do those consistently, um, he, he's going to be able to you know keep that starting job, which we assume he, he's going to be a starter. All right, bearing injury, but also I think. There is going to come a time, um, I think, that during the season that, you know, I think Corey Baird's number is going to be called, like, and what do I mean that is they're trying to – teams are locking down Vela, right? Uh, Diego Rossi doesn't doesn't have a – it's not having a good game. I think there's going to be maybe one or two games this season that Corey Baird is going to have to step, step up and score maybe one or two goals or, you know, just get a tap-in goal, whatever, whatever. I kind of see that for Corey Baird. And obviously, I don't, I don't expect Corey Baird to score 20 goals, right? Not at all. I don't expect them to score that. I don't any anything close to that. But I think he has to have. Uh, I think I can see him scoring more goals than than Brian Rodriguez scored. What in, in his what two three year career, two year career? I don't know how long he was with the LFC, but I think he's only scored two. I, I can see Corey Baird scoring more than that. And if you get if you get that type of production and assist with that, LFC, you know, you 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 won you won on this deal with Corey Baird. Right. You know, he he's a natural goal scorer. You know, uh, I mean. He was playing with RSL. It's a completely different system, you know, different players. So you know, now he's surrounded by all these, you know, amazing players around him. He didn't have a Vela. He didn't have a Rossi in, in Real Salt Lake. So now he has all these pieces around him, you know, that, that can make open up all this space for him. And vice versa, he opens up space for them. So, yeah, but like to your point, I, I do believe that, you know, there are going to be those, those, you know, tight games where, you know, there's not going to be an, a lot of space for Vela, a lot of space for Rossi, and, and Baird is going to have to be the one that steps up and, and you know scores the goals or or makes that that key pass to find find the open man. I definitely agree with that, especially as the time goes by, because maybe in the first few games you might cut him some slack. You know, he, he's just starting, but once he gets into the into the rhythm, definitely going to be expecting more from him. Yeah, and, and it's right, like you said, right, he comes from RSL, which I'm assuming he had to be the guy to now going to come into LAFC where he doesn't have to necessarily be the guy because, and I think that kind of weight kind of takes, it's not necessarily on his shoulders because Carlos Vela's carrying that, right? Diego Rossi's right. carrying that, and they can carry that. They just like, hey, we just need you to do this and maybe a little bit more than just this, 
but we we can ha- we 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 can handle the goals. We need to just do this, this, and that. And I think this is this is a perfect situation for Corey Baird if he does that, right? Because right. the thing that I got I sense from Brian that he didn't want to do the dirty work. That you know, I feel like sometimes he he thought he he came off across as being bigger than what he really was showing to us, right? And I don't I don't sense that from Corey Baird. I think Corey Baird, um, you know, I got to talk to him. I getting the sense with him, actually getting to talk to him and seeing where his mind's right. He's ready for the challenge. And I think I think he may surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. You know, he he's still very young too. You know, I know I know he has aspirations to be in the national team, you know, the gold cup coming up this summer. I know he's gonna try and make a run to make that that team. So you know, the motivation is there you know he he has all the tools to be a, a great striker he's like i said he's very versatile he has uh, the right mindset like like you said so yeah i mean all, all signs are pointing to a successful year for Corey baird and let's hope that he doesn't you know let let the team down and, and the fans down yeah so obviously uh, we, we just hit on Corey baird but um what what do you what what's another player that you think may have a a, a breakout season uh, if he can find some regular minutes in the starting lineup, I say Cifuentes. You know, I believe that he had a he had a last year. He was his first year with LAFC. Uh, you know, he didn't he wasn't there since the beginning. I know he came in like kind of mid season, right? Is that is that correct? And uh, yeah, I feel like you know he's it's been a upward trajectory with him. You know, he's been getting better and better, getting in the system more more comfortable. But yeah, I think he's a player that could be a really, a really key player for LAFC if he if he gets that regular regular time at the starting eleven, you know, because if he, if he starts to come off the bench or, or you know gets subbed off like you know every game, it's it's not going to be good for him. Uh, I think he needs he's a player that needs to play like the full ninety consistently, you know, to get that rhythm because he's 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 got it all. He's got the speed. He's he's got the shot. He's got everything he's got it all i think he's he's someone that that really really uh excites me you know he's, he's one that really uh gets me gets me motivated to watch lafc games yeah no i like that i like that because uh, uh he, he also can shoot from the outside right we've seen him be 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 aggressive and be able to to want to shoot from outside the 18 right and i think right. one of those goals is coming this year to your point if, if he gets those minutes um but let, let's look forward to this game this saturday right First game for Austin FC, right? LAFC, right, has been in the situation. We're very familiar with that situation, right? If you're an LAFC fan, um, for LAFC, uh, obviously, you know, you, they're obviously ranked number two. You expect them to be one of the strongest teams, but we also, I think, we also feel that you know, Austin uh, FC is going to be coming in hard. We, uh, you know, even Latif Blessing said like this is like their World Cup for them because, right, this is how they they introduce themselves to the world. So. By no means, I don't think this is going to be an easy game, but uh, I do feel like you know LASC needs to start start the season off right. Um, you know, we're getting a win at home. How do how do you see this game? Uh, well, just just based off of their Austin's preseason, I know they had a like a little mini tournament in Texas where they 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 play really good. Um, you know, they're they're very fearless. They like to play out of the back. They have some really good um, attacking players who like to shoot from far. They have a player, uh, Pochettino. He's really good off set pieces. You know, he, he scored two free kick goals. So LAFC has to be careful in not giving away any fouls on, uh, outside the box because, you know, Pochettino can, can punish them for sure. Um, they, have, they have a lot of experience in their roster. 
Uh, they have a, a few guys that have experience, you know, already winning MLS Cup. They have Matt Bessler. They have their captain, uh, Alex Ring, uh, DP player Dominguez, Celio Dominguez. So I, I don't think it's going to be an easy game at all. Uh, they scored 10 goals in, th- in three preseason games. That, that's a lot of goals for just, you know, a team that's starting to build some chemistry. You know, given they did allow seven goals. So that's that's not good for them also. But I could see a shootout in, in this one. I could see a, a high-scoring match, just the way uh, both teams play. They like to play the 4-3-3, you know, very uh, attack-minded teams. But I think LAFC is going to come out on top just because, you know, they've, they've played together longer. Austin is still learning learning the system from, from their coach, Joshua. So, but I definitely see uh, maybe a 3-2, 3-2 match, something like that. Well, what do you think? That's I mean that's a high scoring game. I have look. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen uh, uh, Austin FC. I haven't really putting put in the time. You know, I've been busy here. But uh, from what I've been hearing, you know, and you just uh, you know uh, talking about those stats, right? You know, ten goals and and what looks three games. That's a, that's a lot of goals, right? Yeah. And, uh, but also they're giving up seven seven goals too. So I think with the, with those stats, I do see, I do see I could see a higher higher scoring game because of you know what we know that you know lafc still trying to figure out some things right um and i think that this is going to be a, a good test for them to start the season because you don't want to start the season with a loss right you want to start the right. season because also one thing we should also add i think if you win or depending on how you do the first three games you, you qualify to the open cup right is it because that, is it if you win every single every three game or the first three games so it's the, the top eight teams uh, of the whole league. That, those are the ones that, that qualify for the Open Cup. So, you know, if you win your three games, you're pretty much guaranteed a spot. If you win two and tie one, you're, you're in a pretty good spot also. But if you, if you win two and lose one, it's the toss-up. You know, because there's going to be a lot of teams that, that win two games. So, yeah, I think getting that first win gives you that confidence to, you know, play against Seattle in the following match. And then go to Houston and finish off the job there. So yeah, the first the first uh, game is going to be super super important, both for for the points and just for a confidence standpoint. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, Austin FC, right? So and Bob Bradley talked about it today in today's press call, press call, right? That you know they 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 want you know they asked him about what's the next step. He's like, the next step is winning, you know, getting qualifying for the Open Cup is these next three games, right? Austin FC. Uh, is this Saturday? Then the next Saturday is you know the arch nemesis. You got the Seattle Sounders, Houston Dynamo, and then obviously LA Galaxy. So to start the season, it doesn't. It's, there's only one game, which I believe is the Houston Dynamo, which is uh, I feel like is a gimme game for them. But you know they're 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 going to be tested right out the gate. And I think this is what you you do want to see, right? If you're an LAFC fan, because you get to see how how strong your team really is, and as LAFC living up to those expectations as everybody uh, expects. Right, so I think I, they they start off strong. Um, you know, I'm with you if they went two one three two, but I think I think the main thing is you want to see them dominate Austin FC, right? right. I think you I think you really want to see them dominate, depending on how strong they are, because this is their first year. Unless Austin is a lot stronger than we really think they are, and you know they put up a great fight, which we assume. But it, it, if you have Carlos Vela, if you have Diego Rossi, right? If you have Eduardo Tuesta. And you're facing a, a new team. I think you know all bets are in LAFC. Um, you know some of the pressures on there, but I, I don't think this game's too big for them. But I, I think they definitely have to walk away with the win. No, I agree. And speaking about the the fourth game against the Galaxy, I mean, 
imagine it's like a warm-up to that game, like a build-up, because imagine you get to that Galaxy game and one of them qualifies for the Open Cup and the other one doesn't. You know, it's going to be a, a battle for – it's going to be bragging rights pretty much. So I think it's kind of a warm-up to that that El Trafico match. But, yeah, the first game, it's, it's going to be it's going to be intense. It's not going to be easy. I guarantee you that. Um, you know, both are going to press. They're both going to, you know uh, – take advantage of defensive mistakes if the other team makes them. So that, that first 15, 20 minutes, you know, that those are the, the, the study minutes, you know, where you kind of feel out the game and, and see how the other team is, is playing. But I hope that LAFC just kind of takes the initiative and just goes at Austin and doesn't, doesn't hold back. That's, that's what I hope happens. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think we're, we're hoping for the same thing. Uh, ben, just to, just to finish off here. Um, uh, let's finish off with this. How many how many goals do you think uh, Carlos Vela will score this year if he's healthy? If he's healthy, I'm going to go with 20. 20? That's fair. 20. Diego Rossi, if he stays throughout the whole year with LAFC? 15. 15. Corey Baird? 8. 8. Okay. I ain't mad at that. I mean, those are those are very feasible feasible numbers. So if Vela scores twenty, uh, Diego Rossi scores fifteen. That's thirty five. Corey Bear scores eight. Was well, that's forty three? So it's about forty three goals between the three. That's a lot of goals. So and I, I could definitely see that happening. I think it's just on the other side. You you hope LAFC doesn't concede 30 something goals, right? You, right? you you want it to be like maybe what fifteen to twenty if you if you if you can have that. Um, but yeah, Ben, I think, I think that's all the time we have, man. I think, I think we kind of hit on everything. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, man, just thank you for having me on, on the podcast again. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it was fun. I really enjoy talking to LAFC with you, uh, the games, you know, wherever we are at parking lot <laughs> here at the podcast now. So yeah, it's, it's really fun. I enjoy it. Hopefully we'll, we'll be back again soon. Yeah, definitely. I know. I know you. I know you'll be at the game, but uh, you're going to be enjoying it. Uh, uh, you know, as a spectator. So de- definitely enjoy this game th- this this Saturday. Um, you know, w- with your with your wife. You know, you're you're, you're I think you, were, you you just got married yeah. recently, right? Yeah, just last year in November. So yeah, congrats. You know, you, when I, I met him. It. I don't know. I don't, he was not a married man. Now, now he has big responsibilities. So, like, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, adult life, man. Adult life, man. It comes at you quick. Well, hey, man. Well, before we let you go, let, let the people know where they can follow you. Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter at LAFC Benjamin. You know, you can read my articles at heartoflafc.com. You know, I, I'm going to try and, and post a preview to the Austin match and have a post game report as well. So keep it tuned out for that. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, Guys, thank you for joining me. Thank you for uh, joining here on the on the live stream. Like I said, every every Thursday night, um, the big every Thursday night we talk LFC. We go through on the live stream. Um, just want want to read a few few. Uh, we got some people here in the chat that I missed. He said, "Well, LFC struggle versus the Galaxy, Ramondinho. We have a goalkeeper flaw. Uh, we definitely hit on that." And then um, Ramondinho, who is a Galaxy fan, always likes to chime in here, which which I love. I, lo- I love he, ch- he likes to chime in here. But thank, thank you guys for uh, for joining us on the chat. Like I said, if you guys want to follow me, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Gio Garcia LA. Uh, make sure to give this a podcast a five star rating if you just enjoyed this episode. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your music. Uh, so for Ben, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Uh,